Exodus 34 through Exodus 35, 9. Now the Lord said to Moses, Cut out for yourself two stone tablets like the former ones, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you smashed. So be ready by morning, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai, and present yourself there to me on top of the mountain. And no one is to come up with you, nor let anyone be seen anywhere on the mountain. Even the flocks and the herds are not to gaze in front of that mountain. So he cut two stone tablets like the former ones. And Moses got up early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him. And he took the two stone tablets in his hand. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in faithfulness and truth, who keeps faithfulness for thousands, who forgives wrongdoing, violation of his law, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, inflicting the punishment of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And Moses hurried to bow low toward the ground and worship. Then he said, If in any way I have found favor in your sight, Lord, please may the Lord go along in our midst, even though the people are so obstinate, and pardon our wrongdoing and our sin, and take us as your own possession. Then God said, Behold, I am going to make a covenant. Before all your people I will perform miracles which have not been produced in all the earth, nor among any of the nations. And all the people among whom you live will see the working of the Lord, for it is a fearful thing that I am going to perform with you. Be sure to comply with what I am commanding you this day. Behold, I am going to drive out the Amorite from you, and the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Be careful that you do not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land in which you are going, or it will become a snare in your midst. Rather, you are to tear down their altars, and smash their memorial stones, and cut down their asherim. For you shall not worship any other god, because the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Otherwise, you might make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they would prostitute themselves with their gods, and sacrifice to their gods, and someone might invite you to eat of his sacrifice, and you might take some of his daughters for your sons, and his daughters might prostitute themselves with their gods, and cause your sons also to prostitute themselves with their gods. You shall not make for yourself any gods cast in metal. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread, for seven days you are to eat unleavened bread, as I commanded you, at the appointed time in the month of Abib. For in the month of Abib you came out of Egypt. The firstborn from every womb belongs to me, and all your male livestock, the firstborn from cattle and sheep. You shall redeem with a lamb the firstborn from a donkey, and if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. You shall redeem all the firstborn of your sons. None are to appear before me empty-handed. You shall work six days, but on the seventh day you shall rest, 
even during plowing time and harvest, you shall rest, and you shall celebrate the feast of weeks, that is, the first fruits of the wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the turn of the year. Three times a year, all your males are to appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will drive out nations from you, and enlarge your borders, and no one will covet your land when you go up three times a year to appear before the Lord your God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, nor is the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover to be left until morning. You shall bring the very first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down these words, for in accordance with these words I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord for forty days and forty nights. He did not eat bread or drink water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came about, when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand as he was coming down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with him. So when Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to approach him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers in the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the sons of Israel came near, and he commanded them to do everything that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take off the veil until he came out. And whenever he came out and spoke to the sons of Israel what he had been commanded, the sons of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. So Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with him. Then Moses assembled all the congregation of the sons of Israel, and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a holy day, a Sabbath of complete rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall not kindle a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart is to bring it as the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, and violet, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red, and fine leather, and acacia wood, and oil for lighting, and spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones, and setting stones for the ephod, and for the breastpiece. Mark 15 Early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, scribes, and the entire council immediately held a consultation, and they bound Jesus and led him away, and turned him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, 
So you are the king of the Jews? And he answered him, It is as you say. And the chief priests started accusing him of many things. But Pilate questioned him again, saying, Do you offer nothing in answer? See how many charges they are bringing against you. But Jesus said nothing further in answer. So Pilate was amazed. Now, at the Passover feast, he used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested. And the one named Barabbas had been imprisoned with the rebels who had committed murder in the revolt. And the crowd went up and began asking Pilate to do as he had been accustomed to do for them. Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he was aware that the chief priests handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to ask him to release Barabbas for them instead. And responding, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with him whom you call king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him! But Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! Intent on satisfying the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. Now the soldiers took him away into the palace, that is, the praetorium. And they called together the whole Roman cohort, and they dressed him in purple. And after twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him, and they began saluting him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they repeatedly beat his head with a reed and spit on him. And kneeling, they bowed down before him. And after they had mocked him, they took the purple cloak off him and put his own garments on him. And they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. Then they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated, place of a skull. And they tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, and divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each man would take. Now it was the third hour when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And they crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those passing by were hurling abuse at him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes, were mocking him among themselves, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross, so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him were also insulting him. When the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of the bystanders heard him, they began saying, Look, he is calling for Elijah.
and someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink, saying, Let us see if Elijah comes to take him down. But Jesus let out a loud cry and died. And the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who was standing right in front of him saw that he died in this way, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. Now there were also some women watching from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Less and Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they used to follow him and serve him, and there were many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had already come, since it was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council, who was himself also waiting for the kingdom of God. And he gathered up courage and went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Now Pilate wondered if he was dead by this time. And summoning the centurion, he questioned him as to whether he was already dead. And after learning this from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Joseph bought a linen cloth, took him down, wrapped him in the linen cloth, and laid him in a tomb which had been cut out in the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph were watching to see where he was laid. Romans 8 Therefore there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are in accord with the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God for it is not even able to do so, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness." But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living in accord with the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, 
These are sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed with us. For the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only that, but we ourselves, having the firstfruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, through perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Now, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is he who died, but rather was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or trouble, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Just as it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
Proverbs 15, 23 through 33. A person has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. The path of life leads upward for the wise, so that he may keep away from Sheol below. The Lord will tear down the house of the proud, but he will set the boundary of the widow. Evil plans are an abomination to the Lord, but pleasant words are pure. He who profits illicitly troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Bright eyes gladden the heart. Good news refreshes the bones. One whose ear listens to a life-giving rebuke will stay among the wise. One who neglects discipline rejects himself. But one who listens to a rebuke acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. And before honor comes humility. Psalm 33, 13 through 22. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of mankind. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. A warrior is not rescued by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it rescue anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who wait for his faithfulness, to rescue their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your favor, Lord, be upon us, just as we have waited for you.